Our lectionary scripture passage for today, the New Testament uh, gospel reading, comes from the gospel of Mark. We'll be working through Mark this year as this is the, 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 the lectionary year for the gospel of Mark. Um, we're at the very beginning. We're seeing Jesus at the beginning of his ministry. I invite you to stand in reverence to the reading of God's holy word read and proclaimed. Reading Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through 20. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed through the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat, mending their nets. Immediately he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Let us pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. So, for those of you that are visiting, maybe for the first time, I should tell you right up front, I'm a scientist. I'm a part-time preacher. I'm blessed to be the first preacher here at Central Houston Methodist. But my everyday job, my 50 or 60 hour a week job, is for the United States Army. I'm one of the Army's chief scientists. I'm a professor at several universities, including at Rice. I do research. I'm a physicist. I like to work with lasers. I like to work with optics. This is what I get to do the rest of the week. And and I have labs scattered around all the, the country. And I've had people often ask me, well, Henry, what are you doing? And can you tell us about it? Because you know you work for the Army. What are you doing for the Army? Well, I thought maybe I'd start by sharing a little bit about what I'm doing. Maybe you'll find this interesting. Uh, I mentioned I've got labs scattered around the country. One of the ones I'm proudest of is actually at Harvard. I'll be going up there next month to continue working on this project. Um, I've been working on something called a terahertz laser for pretty much my whole scientific career. For 40 years, I've been working on this kind of laser. I started working on this at, when I was at Duke. That's where I got my PhD. The work went dormant for a while, but in the last decade or so, colleagues at Harvard and at MIT and I have been working on reviving and restoring this laser, which we think has great potential. So I won't bore you with all the details about all this laser stuff I'm doing, but one of the things that we can do with a laser, why people would care about my laser, is because I, because I can send signals with it. I can send signals, and because of the frequency that this laser operates at, the signals won't go very far. The atmosphere actually absorbs the radiation, so I can send signals to you in this room, but people outside wouldn't be able to hear my radio because of the way the atmosphere absorbs it. So you could say that what I'm working on is a stealth radio, 
a radio that special operators could use while they're on a special mission and talk to each other, but nobody else would know that they're using their radios. That could be a big deal perhaps one day. And I'm talking to some people about how to go the next step with it. So we had our first demonstration of this radio, uh, this radio last month. Uh, the first time ever this kind of radio has ever been broadcast is probably the highest frequency radio that's ever been built. Would you like to hear it? Yeah? Okay, so I have loaded it up for Josh. The, the sound quality is horrible because it's in the lab and there's vacuum pumps running in the background. But see if you can hear. There's a song that's being broadcast here. See if you can tell what song it is. Go ahead, Josh. See if we can hear it. Can you tell? I see some nods. Now, he's blocking the beam right now to show that we can... Here it goes. It's Kate Smith, y'all. God bless America. <laughs> they did it for me because I worked for the Army. They said, we got to do a patriotic song for Henry, so... That's what that is. I know it's lousy. I know it's hard to hear, but I'm so proud of it. I can't tell you. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I mean, you can kind of make it out. You know, it's not like Kate Smith is here in the room with us, but you know, so it's a work in progress, right? I, it ain't perfect and we're going to do better soon, but I thought you might like to hear that anyway. So let, let me get to the sermon. I, I appreciate that little diversion. Let's talk about the scripture passage today, both of them, both the one that Patricia read from Jonah and then the one I just read from Mark. They're both passages about discipleship. Now with the Jonah passage, you know the story, right? It's famous. Jonah was a prophet who was being sent to the enemy's headquarters, Nineveh. And he didn't want to go so bad that he went the opposite direction. God said, well, I wasn't going to have any of that. He jumped off the boat, fish swallowed him, and he said, I'm sorry, I'll go where you send me. The fish spit him out, and he goes to Nineveh, enemy territory. And he was scared to death. Either he was scared of what the people in Nineveh would do to him, showing up, saying, God's angry with you, and you've only got 40 days, and then his wrath is going to come. Or, or maybe he was scared because they might actually hear the message and repent and the enemy might be saved. And I don't know which message he was more worried about. Either way, he did what he was supposed to do. He gave them the message God gave him to give. And they listened and they repented and God relented and Nineveh was saved. And Jonah got mad about it. He was hoping that Nineveh was going to be wiped out, even though he should have been grateful that the God who had showed the Ninevites mercy had first shown him mercy and giving him another chance, right? Kind of ironic that he would be angry about that. But that's how Jonah was. The point of the story is God is merciful, using human agents to warn people to repent. Now, the Mark story is very similar if you think about it, right? Right? Jesus says almost the same thing that John the Baptist had been saying. Repent, the kingdom of God is near. Which is almost exactly what Jonah was saying to the Ninevites, right? Repent, the kingdom of God is near. In fact, the, the passage in Mark today said it specifically, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. 
This is a classic prophetic warning. If you read the Old Testament passages over and over again, you'll see that the prophets were given this sort of message to give to the people. You've been going the wrong way, but it's not too late. If you repent of your ways, if you follow God, he will relent and you're going to be okay. But you need to act now. You're running out of time. This worked for millennia. It would probably work today if it was preached to us. Well, I'm going to try that. The significance for today's passage is that when Jesus, this is right when Jesus is starting his ministry. He's just been baptized. He's just finished those 40 days out in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil. And he's just come back and John the Baptist has just been arrested. Notice what Jesus does next. He gets help. He goes out to the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee and recruits some brothers to come with him to spread this message of repent for the kingdom is coming near. Starting with the brothers Peter and Andrew, brothers James and John, like a family operation here. And they certainly must have known each other. They were probably competing fishermen over the same lake, and it's not that big of a lake. They must have been known each other uh, as neighbors and, and as friendly competitors, perhaps. Notice as well in this passage the element of time and urgency that you see over and over again in this short passage, there's a sense of urgency written. The time is fulfilled, Jesus says. Mark says immediately, immediately they left their nets and followed him. Immediately he called them in another verse and they left their father and followed him. Look for this urgency throughout the passages we'll be reading in Mark over the weeks to come. Why does time matter? Why does this urgency matter? Because how you spend your time shows your priorities, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Don't tell me what's important to you. Show me by the way you use your time, and I'll know what's really important to you. And the fact that the disciples followed immediately, left everything behind, even left their father and their job behind to follow Jesus, showed you how valuable they found Jesus' message to be. Now, we're in a sermon series called In the Beginning. We've been looking at creation stories in this new year, in this new sanctuary. We've talked about the creation of light the first Sunday. Last week, we talked about the creation of men and women. Today, we're talking about the creation of the church. Okay? Because that's what happened when Jesus gathered disciples. He started building his church. And he gathered disciples who responded immediately and faithfully. Kind of like this church right here that we're in. Faithful disciples responded immediately. Thanks be to God. But discipleship is about more than just those two things. As much as those are big deals, it's also about authenticity, about actually carrying the right message. Repent. The kingdom of God is near is the message. And I'll admit that too often I'm afraid my message sounds like that radio that I'm making at Harvard. You can barely make it out from all the noise and all the other things that are going on, all the other things that are on my mind. How authentically do I actually sound like God? It's not like Jesus is in the room at times. 
if we're honest about it, our messaging has a lot of room for improvement. And in particular, my goodness, we don't like talking about repentance, do we? Probably because we don't like to think there's anything wrong with us ourselves. Our radio sounds fine to us, right? I mean, haven't we all thought I'm probably the only normal person left on this planet? I mean, Patricia and I say that all the time, and I'm not quite so sure about her, actually. (laughs) We all think we're in good shape. All in all, God's got to be really happy with me, right? It's the other people who need to repent, right? And that's between them and God. I don't need to get in the middle of that. All I'm going to do if I talk about repentance is make them mad at me. Well, that's no good. I don't want any part of that. Who do you think you are telling me to repent? You're the guy with the plank in your eye. Get that out first. It makes me wonder, why in the world was that the message Jesus started with? If the very first thing he's saying at the beginning of his ministry is repent, that seems like the complete wrong answer. If if I'm starting a new church, I'm going to say, y'all are doing great. I love what y'all are doing. Come on back. Repent? That seems like a good way for to fail. Why would he say it like that? Why would he make repentance such an important part of it? Well, let me ask, answer the question with another question. Why would anybody follow Jesus if things are going fine? Implicit in Jesus' call to repentance is an acknowledgement that things are not going well. There must be a better way. Don't you see people are struggling? Good people are having a tough time. Sometimes it seems like evil is triumphing over good. God, are you not paying attention? Is there any hope that things will be made right? That's behind the message, the call to repentance. And this is where the creation story enters, where the in the beginning part enters. Because friends, it was always God's plan that we would be living in Eden, in perfect communion with each other and with God. That was the plan. And who messed it up? Not God. We did it. We messed it up. Eden was lost, and ever since then, the human race has been needing a rescue plan to get us back to the place God always intended for us to be in the first place. We needed to be rescued ever since, whether we'll admit it or not. And that's why God sent Jesus, to rescue us. And the first step to rescuing us is for us to admit, maybe for the first time, that we need to be rescued. That things, things aren't the only problem. That some of the fault, maybe just a little bit, but some of the fault out there for the way things are is our fault that our radios are broken and need improvement. So repent. Own the things that you've messed up. Things that you're messing up now. Ask God to forgive you. Ask God to help you stop. Ask God to give you a better way. Look, I'll admit it. Just like my terahertz radio, I'm a work in progress. I ain't perfect. I want to do better. I need to be rescued. I know I need a Savior. 
Can you admit that too? Can you acknowledge your limitations? Your mistakes? Can you admit that you're a work in progress? That you ain't perfect, but you want to do better? Friends, it's time to acknowledge that your radio's broken too. That you need a Savior. Repent. Because if you do, and if you really mean it, your life will change forever. Do what He tells you to do. Whatever that looks like. Whatever that sounds like. Because for us Methodists, hear this. For us Methodists, being saved is the beginning of the process, not the end. We are to move from being saved to becoming perfected, to becoming more like Christ. To be, from being born to being born again, right? From being sinners to becoming like Christ himself. That's what disciples do. That's what discipleship means. Training to be like the master. Fellow disciples, you've already been created. Now allow God to recreate you. You were made in God's image. Let's start acting like it. Don't put this off. Do it now. Complete God's creation. Be born again. Repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. This is what Jesus said to his first disciples. This is what he says to his current disciples. Do it now. Immediately. Like your life depends on it. Because your eternal life definitely does.